Chasing Eternity, Season 1, Episode 6. Welcome to Chasing Eternity. I am your host, Chris Croach, joined by my co-host, Adam Oldham. How are you doing today, Adam? I'm great, Chris. It's been too long. We've had a couple weeks off here, unfortunately, but I'm glad to be back. It's going. It's great. And if you couldn't tell from, well, obviously, you clicked on the title of this podcast, and uh, by that intro music, we're talking The Walking Dead today. Um, but before we get into that, we have our quote of the week. And Adam, I believe it's your turn. Yes. What is your quote, sir? So my quote comes to me from a professor I had in college, a counseling professor, uh, although I don't think it originated with him. Uh, <laughs> so you can look it up somewhere else. But this, I think, really is a very powerful quote about life and about what we're talking about today. The quote is, no map gets you to where you want to go. Only movement does. Hmm. Is that it? No map gets you to where you want to go. Only movement does. Kurt Krauss, Shippensburg University. <laughs> okay, so let me think about this. No map gets you to where you want to go. Only movement does. Okay, so that's, I'm thinking action. Mm. I'm a preacher, and so I'm thinking of uh, do not be hearers of the word only, but be doers, mm. right? Yeah, uh, and the fact that you can look at, you can look at a map, you can plan it out all you want, but until you take that first step, the map is really meaningless. It's powerless. Yeah, understanding something is great, but doing something about what you understand is even greater. Uh huh. Uh, the idea that well, if only I knew what to do is really not the problem most people have. We've talked about that in the past. It's not that people don't know the right things to do. It's because stuff gets in the way. Yeah. They're afraid or. Or what will my family think? Or what will my friends think? Um, I know what I should be doing, or I know what I really want in my life, but do I want to put the effort in? Do I want to? Do I want to give certain things up? Uh, knowledge is great, but it's not the end of the road. Yeah. And I really think that, especially as we're going to talk about The Walking Dead today, uh, and we see the characters in this show and what happens with them, uh, there's a lot of movement. Uh, oh, I, yeah. And I think what's fascinating is when we think about the map of life, like what does it mean to interact with people? Because, again, that's what this show is all about. It's about people. How do we get along? How do we interact? How do we survive in this crazy environment? Well, we know, right? Like we know how to interact with people, don't we? And that's what we assume. But what we see in this show is that just because we know what civilization should look like mm -hmm. doesn't necessarily mean we're there. Yeah, And the show is about the process of them moving uh, from place to place physically, but also kind of the, the more metaphoric sense of movement towards what was lost. Okay. And just before we started recording, we were having a great conversation. Great conversation. Uh, the pre-show conversation that really, uh, as I look back and think about our conversations before we start recording, really have nothing to do with the, the topic that we're talking about that day. But in a much larger sense, it has everything to do yes. with what we are talking about. Because we were we were discussing about um, having Bible studies, right? Mm -hmm. And how some people 
um, a very large hurdle for them is just not being comfortable talking. And that's what I was, when you're talking about this quote, that's what I was thinking of is the conversation that we just had about, you know, a lot of people, I would say in our congregation here in Carlisle, we have a lot of knowledgeable people. Oh yes. A lot of knowledgeable people. And I've only been here for a year now and I can see it in that, like, you know, uh, if I say something incorrect in a Bible class, I know that Bob Heiser is going to correct me (laughs) on it. You know, I know that, uh, you know, if I don't say something that is correct, you know, I'm going to have a few people pull me aside. And I like that. I love Mm. that, that we have those people that are, you know, examining the truth, you know, and Mm. just to make sure that, uh, is what is being taught is right. But a lot of those same people might be very knowledgeable, but when it comes to actual practical application of doing what Christians are supposed to do, and that's make more Christians, there seems to be a disconnect there. Mm. And a lot of that, you know, this, the quote, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking, you know, it's not just a map, but it's a plan, right? You can have a plan, but mm. until you actually start doing, you're not really going to, it's not really going to accomplish anything. Right. Because if you've ever had a Bible study with someone before, you realize that you can't have every single answer written down on a piece of paper in front of you. Um, you can, you know, you can have an outline and you can have kind of an idea of where you want to go, but you can't control what questions are being asked of you. And I think that's what a lot of people are afraid of mm. is what happens if they ask a question that I don't know the answer to. And although the old, you know, the saying is just say, well, I don't know. Let me get back to you. That is still very intimidating for some people seeing that, you know, I'm wearing the teacher hat and I'm right. teaching you and, you know, it can't be the other way around. Um, can be very intimidating for people. Mm. Oh, yes. And I think it's tragic because people sell themselves short. Yeah. They know the map. They have the map. Many of our, our brothers and sisters, not just here in Carlisle, but across the world, oh, absolutely. have been studying these things from childhood, and they know them in and out and up and down. They know this map. It's really just acting on it where yeah. we get we get stuck. Yeah. And it's not that we don't want to. It's just sometimes we're not sure how or we're afraid, and those barriers get in the way of what we know should be happening. Um, and so there we are. Yeah. And we don't move. We're paralyzed. Two weeks ago in our uh, James Bible study that we've been having in a small group here in our with our church members, uh, one of the, the parents of one of our members here was in on the study. And what he said uh, was uh, we were studying James and talking about that section that says, you know, be doers of the word, not hearers only. He said, you don't know something until you do it. Hmm. Um. And that is so practical, so logical, and that you know, if you can't if you can't actually put it into practice, how well do you actually know it? Right. And you learn you learn a ton by teaching a Bible study. Um, but anyways, let's move on to the topic of the day: the Walking Dead. Um, where do we want to start? Well, let's just start with uh, Adam. What do you like about the Walking Dead? So there are a lot of things I like about The Walking Dead. I feel like we got to put a plug in here at the beginning, uh, similar to Hamilton. There's some language. There's some violence. There's some stuff in The Walking Dead, both the show and the comic series, that would not be PG. A little uh, unsavory. A little unsavory, a little, <laughs> little unseemly for our younger audience. However, uh, as I'm growing and parenting and working with young people, as I know you do, 
that doesn't seem to turn them off to this stuff. In fact, it actually seems to entice them even more. Yeah, that's uh, so true. that said, we're not condoning uh, you know, anything that your children should be watching or looking at without your permission or your review, first of all. Uh, so recognize that there is language, some violence, some things in this you might want to preview before letting your son or daughter look at it. Secondly, this show has been around for a while. This comic book series has been around for a while, but spoiler alert, we're going to talk about it. So if you have not gotten caught up on The Walking Dead, if you haven't been reading the comics, if you've read the comics but not watched the show or vice versa, realize our intention right now is for you to stop. If you don't want to hear anything, you don't want to hear. Yeah. So go away. All right, now that you've gone away, The Walking Dead, what do I like about it? Chris, this is a, an amazing story. This is my introduction, this series, to horror, the, the kind of the genre of horror. Okay. And it happened, I believe it was one summer when Ashley was over in Spain on a school trip, and so I was home by myself, and I'm like, oh, I should do something. I, what have, I've heard of this show, The Walking Dead, and I, I like kind of being creeped out sometimes, so I'll watch it. I got hooked. It was great. Mm -hmm. uh, and I got hooked because this show is just so effective, or at least it began as this amazing story of human life and how human life survives in face of incredible adversity. Yeah. Uh, it has all, all of the, the, the tropes that we love, the, the mystery of what happened. You know, it begins with this r man waking up in a hospital, and there are all these weird things he finds around him of, you know, bodies and signs. That are, he looks outside, there are these dead things walking around we come to know as walkers or zombies. And we want to know what happened. How, how did this story come to be? Where, who is this person? And so as the story unfolds, we learn who Rick is mm -hmm. and his background. We see that slowly Rick's little posse of people grows, and we get to know their backstory, and we, we follow their attempts to live. Mm -hmm. And so it's just this powerful story of relationship uh, between people in crazy circumstances. Uh, it's this interesting hypothetical of, well, what would happen if I were in this kind of yeah. situation? Um, you know, they're making choices that are crazy, but I've never been in that situation. But what would happen if I did? If I didn't have enough food for me and my kids or like if for me and my friends, what would I do? Yeah. Uh, what would I do if I saw someone getting beat up on the street, but I don't have any way of defending myself and they look tough and have guns? Like, yeah. how would I handle that? What lengths would you go to? Right. How far am I willing to push myself? So it raises a lot of interesting what if hypotheticals. Oh, yeah. And it introduces us to an amazing cast of very relatable characters. Uh -huh. uh, I was, I really didn't think about season one very much uh, when we decided to do The Walking Dead. Uh, but just hearing you talk, I, I remember very much, I was an early adopter. You know, I heard that this show was coming out and I was very, and am still very big into zombies. <laughs> you know, I was the, the kid in high school and college thinking about, you know, what is my zombie plan? <laughs> What's my zombie plan? Mm. If, uh, if they come, where am I going? What am I going to do? Uh, and the show came out and I was like, yes, this is, this is everything that I've been waiting for. But that season one, it really was, it's something that they've moved away from in a lot of ways. Mm. The season one was, it was a mystery, right? You know, that that's what was driving it through the entire season was what happened mm. because it, in the first episode, it's like you said, the guy, he goes into, falls into a coma and he wakes up and the world is different. Mm. It's changed drastically. Yes. And so for Rick, a lot of the, the story in season one is finding out what happened. Mm. And then at the end of season one, we find out for the most part what happened. And then they just kind of drop that 
<laughs> that mm. line and just like, okay, now now we're just living in this world. This is what it looks like. Yeah. Um, the thing that I like, you touched on this a little bit. The thing that I like about the show is the people. Mm. My wife cannot stand the show. She, I think she's watched maybe 20 seconds of it. <laughs> Granted, the 20 seconds that she watched was probably not the best way to, you know, come in on this story. Uh, it was very, I can't remember exactly what it was, but I know it was pretty gory. Uh, um, and she was like, nope, I'm done. Mm. <laughs> and walked away from it forever, yep. which is okay. And I mean, this is not, uh, you know, not everyone is going to be into this type of thing, but that is, that's what my wife cannot understand about it is she's like, how can you watch that? And it's like, well, I'm not there getting some enjoyment about watching this gory, nasty, you know, zombie play. It's, mm. I want, I, I'm interested in the people. Right. Because like you said, I imagine myself and I did before the show even came <laughs> out of what would I do, mm. you know? And this story is a, gives a very real and relatable depiction of what would happen, mm. what would happen to society, what would happen to people in general. And that's one of the, the things that is a constant theme throughout the show of this is what I was before mm. everything happened. Mm. And this is what I am now. You know, like we see people that were, you know, I was just a school teacher um, or I was the the person that nobody really liked. And now I'm this leader mm. and just how that transition can happen. Um, but the thing that I like the most about The Walking Dead is the people. Mm. Absolutely. Um, it looks that we talked. You said something about it. I have written on this paper in for in front of me. It's a, a raw look at both the heights and the depths of humanity. Oh my, yes. And we really get to see a lot of that as the show evolves. I think early on, we get to see this kind of personal development of, well, what would I do mm -hmm. in this kind of environment? And then we start to see it open up a little bit more to, well, what would I and my family do as Rick finds his son and his yeah. wife and then kind of his little friend group and then a couple little strangers that sort of become like family to where we are now to this point where it's, well, what do we collectively as a society do? I mean, it's not just me, there are lots of us left. How do we exist? Not yeah. just how do I survive, but how do we survive? As we kind of come to a place of, we've sort of pacified the zombie herd, sort of, and so that's not even really what the show's about so much anymore. Yeah, uh, It's more about how do we coexist with each other. Yeah. Um, and the zombies are just kind of a backdrop right. at this point. Yeah, and I think that the interesting backdrop of the zombies is what would we do if everything we know about civilization and culture and social norms, we throw it out the window? What would we do if there was no law? What would mm -hmm. we do if there were no real consequences to some of our behavior? Yeah. Uh, or at least you know consequences that we think of in our normal everyday life. Yeah. And this show really brings out that, that best and worst of humanity where you see a lot of people you know, thrive in this kind of, I can do whatever I want, so mm -hmm. I have power and control and I'm gonna do horrible, vicious things yeah. because who's gonna hold me accountable? Uh, we also see then people like Rick and his group and, and Glenn and Maggie and, and Herschel who take in this family to protect them kind of out of the goodness of their hearts, yeah. knowing that it's the right thing to do. Even if it doesn't make sense, it's not necessarily the rational thing to do. Yeah but they do what is right. And so it's interesting to see what morality, a sense of good and bad, can look like when you take away all of the context of our civilization from that. Absolutely. 
Um, so those are uh, our likes, and the people that I've talked to, both inside and outside of the church, is very similar. Mm. It's this. It's the story. It's the people. It's uh, that's what they like the most about it. What are your dislikes, though? What do you dislike about the show? Mm. So. It's interesting. I, I watched the show and then I got to the comic books. So I kind of started the show, then got the comic books, then read up through the most recent comics. And so that's the show is behind. Yeah. And so I've sort of known what's coming in a lot of ways. But in some ways, there are things that are hard to convey, I think, on TV uh, that the comics do a better job of doing. The comics do a good job of, I think, portraying some of the true depravity uh, that some of these very wicked, kind of unbound, evil people mm-hmm. do and what they're willing to do. And I think it's been a weird transition bringing some of that to TV where there's so far they can go to be like, yeah, this guy's pretty, like, for example, Negan as a character right now. Um, it's like, yeah, I mean, he's pretty bad and we're going to show some pretty bad things, but you know, how far can we push that envelope on TV? And I think the actor has done a good job. I think some of the translation from the comics has been... Uh, it's just been hard to convey that true sense of hopelessness and, and viciousness of some of the evil you see uh, in the story in the comics. So mm-hmm. I've, I've kind of gone back and forth on that a little bit. I've also struggled at times where the show seems to drag. Uh, oh, there, yeah. there are times where there's a lot of action and excitement and the, these deep background stories that are great. But then there are other moments when I just I feel like the story is trying too hard uh, I remember there was an episode with Tyrese when Tyrese meets his maker and it was like this weird hallucinogenic kind of flashback episode and I just felt like it tried too hard to make me care in that moment. I already liked the character. I already thought he had a great arc. It just seemed like a meaningless death at the time. and mm-hmm. it, So it's like, well, now you're just kind of randomly killing people because, well, life is hard. Not necessarily because it even makes sense in the story. So... Um, there have been times where it drags or characters are killed off just because and not even in the same way that they do in the comics. So there have been moments in the show where I think the uh, the action just really drags and it's boring. Yeah. Uh, my dislike is, is somewhat similar of just the... It's kind of at this point we're seven seasons uh, through this thing. I don't know what they are imagining how long this is going to run. Uh, we'll talk about that in a second, but it seems like for a while now, it's kind of been a broken record mm. of like, it's like, yep, that guy's dead. Mm-hmm. Yep. That guy's dead. <laughs> and it's just kind of like, I don't know, you know, the, as far as like, uh, from a storyteller's point of view, I get the whole, you know, no one's safe. Mm. That's something that they need to convey, even though there are safe characters in the show. Right. What they're trying to convey is that nobody's safe. Mm-hmm. And that's how it would be. That's how real life works. Right. Is that nobody's safe. Mm-hmm. You're, you know, you don't, there's no guarantee that you're going to make it through this life, mm. let alone a zombie apocalypse. Right. Um, and that's what they're trying to convey. And sometimes it just is like, really? I mean, this guy de- is dead too. One thing that I think in recent seasons has been a, a struggle with what you're talking about with some of these characters is the the writers have split the characters off where you have these little individual kind of story moments and, well, where's the other people? we got to find them so we can get back together. 
Uh, you know, oh, Maggie and Glenn are separated. Oh, now they're back together. Oh, they're apart again. Oh, the group is apart. Like it happens over. It happens and over and over. And, <laughs> over. and so that sense of of weeness, of group belonging, of wow, this is the group I'm I'm rooting for. I'm just so glad that they've solved the conflict that was causing them problems, and now they're they're safe. They just keep splitting them apart and bringing them back together. And I know that uh, as this season, once we hit the mid-season finale. Uh, the group kind of comes back together, and they're like, all right, now that we're back together, we're going to try to work together to f- solve the problem, yeah. which is what I love most about the show, seeing people overcome really crazy circumstances. But I wonder if for a lot of viewers that, okay, they're finally back together has come a little too late. And so I know for me, I'm like four or five episodes back, uh, yeah. and I didn't watch the finale, and so I'm sad by that because I love this show, but it's been really hard to stay into it yeah. because the, the movement of the story has been fragmented into these little moments where everybody split apart and it's not the the group that I fell in love with earlier. Yeah. Well, let's talk about that. Um, it is, I looked up the ratings today and they are low uh, for, for them. It's kind of, they've kind of, season five was really kind of the plateau. Season six was, uh, they had strong numbers, but there wasn't really as big of a growth as it's kind of been leading up to. Season seven, this current season, the season that just uh, had their finale, the first episode, as you can imagine, um, if you know if you know the show, the first episode, it was, I mean, everybody was talking about it. You know, who is Negan going to kill? Who, you know, mm. who's going to get it? And it had the... Second, it was the second highest um, show for the series so far, mm. which I thought it would probably be the first, but I guess in season five, episode one beat them out just by a little bit. Hmm. And now, so season seven started to get this huge spike, and then it just kind of is flatlining. Flatlining. It's still got, it still has a lot more viewers than like season one and season two did. Mm. But as far as you know, like their trajectory, you would think they're they're aiming for. Let's just keep on you know pushing this thing, mm. and it definitely you see that with their um, advertising model. They they you know people loved the show so much they made another show mm-hmm. right to kind of cover the the other end of things. But now they're having a problem mm. where people don't seem to really care. Mm. They're not they're not into it as much as they were, and I've experienced that. You've experienced it. I think I'm six episodes behind, and it's just kind of like, you know, why why am I six episodes behind? Well, it's just kind of, I don't. I've, I'm busy. I have more things to do. Um, the story really isn't as engaging for mm. me. And I remember after the see after the the first episode this season when they killed off my favorite character. Mm. That was it was in it from the very beginning. I was, I didn't know what to do. Mm. I was like, I'm not sure if I want to watch the show anymore. And I think yeah. the first episode, the season, really left a, a bad taste in mm. a lot of people's mouths. Well, and let's talk about that moment because I feel that this is a bigger issue as to why the show is struggling now. And I think this speaks to a spiritual component of us kind of in line with our podcast. People don't like to feel played. Mm-hmm. People don't like to feel manipulated. People don't like to feel like we have no control of our life or our existence and to feel like a higher power messing around with us. We don't like that. Um, we don't like to feel like we're being taken advantage of. 
And I think the producers at the end of the last season before this one, knowing that this suspense of, well, who is Negan going to kill, was going to drive everyone nuts, knowing very well that anyone in a large majority of viewership read the comics and already know who's going to die, mm-hmm. feeling like, oh, really? Now we have to wait. We know what's going to happen. Why did you do this? And then not only making us wait unnecessarily to get to the fir- this season and kill not the character first everyone knew they were going to kill, but to randomly arbitrarily kill a character that was not at that point in time supposed to be dead in the comics just because I think really there was almost a moment for me as someone who knew what was going to happen, a moment of, oh, maybe they're going to, this is going to be a diversion. This is going to be something different. This is exciting. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. No, you still ended up doing what the comics did. So you kind of made this random like, gotcha. We thought we, you know, you thought we were going to kill this character off this whole time, but we did. Oh, yeah, we did. And it's like, I hate feeling played. I hate feeling like somebody told me what was going to happen. I knew what was going to happen. I knew the plan. And then you, not in a twisty, cute, clever way, you just randomly messed it up. Yeah. And so I feel like a lot of people saw that and felt, I don't like being manipulated. I don't like when producers drag me along and, oh, big cliffhanger just to hold on to our attention. I think people are sick of that. And yeah. I think that's why a lot of people, and the sad thing is the content of these later episodes and this later content of the comics is very interesting when you see how communities start to engage with each other. But I think that, and when I read this that moment with Negan and this character who was killed in the comics, I cried. Like it was an emotional, powerful moment. But I didn't feel played there. I felt that's the reality of this world. No one's safe. Mm-hmm. On the show and the way the producers did it, I felt played. And so I think that's why a lot of people are turned off as well. So I wonder with... I mean, obviously, that first episode, it affected people. Mm. I was watching it, and then I remember watching the uh, the after show, the, the Talking Dead, mm. afterwards, and they did a live show in L.A., with, and they had a, a live audience there that just watched the show, and I think everybody was feeling the same way of just like, I think we crossed a line here. Oh, yeah. I think we crossed the line and there's no going back. Mm-mm. And now what do we do with this? Yeah. What, do, what do we do with this? And it's definitely showing up in the ratings. Mm. And, you know, I don't know if it's because of bad storytelling in season seven or that one moment that just has put a bad taste in people's mouths. But they have and I haven't seen the finale. Um, maybe they've come back and totally redeemed themselves and, you know, kind of gotten in, in back in the good graces of their their viewers. But right now, for me, it's just kind of like. You know, well, you know, I got, I have time. Mm. I'll watch these at some point. Yeah. Well, nothing is really pushing me to be like, no. Yeah, let's, let's, you know, let's root for Rick and the guys. And mm-hmm. it's just kind of, yeah. okay. And it's sad because this show has the potential to really be powerful in a way that they just did not express in that first episode. I think yeah. where I was sitting, you know, in my basement and my other home, my home before the one I'm in now, watching the episode where Carol has to put Lizzie down, yeah. you know, like just oh, look at the flowers. Tough. And it's like, that is like a moment of absolute, like even right now I get kind of chills thinking about like, oh, like could I, if that was yeah. me, would that be a decision I could make? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so horrible and yet completely understandable. And the reaction on the talking dead afterward and going, whoa, what, that was a powerful moment. That's what the show, in terms of like killing off a character or a hard choice, can look like. What they did, I felt at the beginning of the season, was just playing us. And 
I think people have kind of said, we're not doing yeah. this anymore. That was a uh, of mice and men moment. Yeah, which was, again, another tragedy. Yeah. Uh, another, it's hard like, to read that An part. understandable tragedy, which I think this world of The Walking Dead forces people to confront. Well, yeah. What would I do? How could I, in an impossible choice, make a decision? And so, yeah. Well, in the time that we have left, we talked about our likes and dislikes and the problems that are happening in season seven let's talk about how this points to eternity mm. um it's uh you know there's a lot of material i mean seven seasons plus the comics to go off of how can this point to eternity and i think the question um you know how can something as you know brutal and gruesome as this ever be uh get anything good or holy out of mm. i think then the question we need to think to ourselves is why do people watch it yeah because a lot of people do what it's, is this longingness that people have that they're seeking out um this to entertain themselves to to kind of you know lose themselves and why 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 do mm. people do that adam you go, go for it i'd say one of my thoughts on this i mean i think people want to matter and people want their life and their story to be significant in this show, we see that pretty much the majority of the world has been killed off to our knowledge. And so you have these small pockets of people who all are either going to thrive or die based on what they do. Mm -hmm. Their consequences are real in the moment, and their success is a result of those choices. Their failure is a result of those choices. I think in this life, people don't feel like their decisions matter a whole lot because there's just so much monotony in life. There's yeah. so much kind of this boring go through the motions of life. You, you blink and a week went by and it's like, oh, it's just another week of work. And I think people long for an opportunity to stand up and prove themselves in some really you know, meaningful way. Mm -hmm. And on The Walking Dead, they're proving themselves every moment by surviving and by making hard choices and by doing important things like, well, how do we eat? How are we gonna survive as a community? I think it, it's almost that idea of, of a hero complex of, well, they get to go out and fight the awesome battle. I wish <laughs> I could go out and fought, fight the awesome battle, but instead I just have a boring life yeah. and a boring community. And I think people feel that they just kind of blend in with the crowd. People f identify, I think, more realistically with the, the zombies where it's like they just kind of wander mindlessly through life. They're not the ones having the exciting adventures. Yeah. Uh, but in the show, they get to see the people having these adventures and really identify with them. Because the mindless people, well, I definitely don't look like that. I'm definitely not that. Even though, in many ways, people these days are like the walking dead. You know, they're walking mindlessly through life yeah. without a sense of purpose. Oh, that is so deep. Mm. So that deep. we connect more with the zombies than we do Rick and his friends. Mm. And that is so true. Before, in the pre-show, we were talking about how young people, and really, I think in a lot of ways, our generation, too, of being millennials, is we want our lives to matter. Mm. This whole idea of, okay, well, I need to get good grades in high school so I can get to a good college, so I can get a good job, so I can make a lot of money, so I can you know, pay bills and have a house, just isn't cutting it. Mm -mm. It's like, but Why? Why do that? Yeah. Whereas previous generations would look at that and say, that is the good life. Mm. What else could you want? Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, young people coming up are saying, why, why do I, why am I being forced onto that treadmill? That doesn't seem like very much fun at all mm. or meaningful right. at all. Um, and so 
I think you're exactly right. If people want their lives to matter, they want to, you know, like you said, go off and, and fight the battle mm-hmm. and say we won and we were on the good side. Yes. And, you know, good triumph over evil. Um, in my mind, what do I have on my paper here? People want to go on an adventure. Yes. Kind of similar to similar to what you said. People want to go on an adventure. Um, and talking about the boring treadmill of life, that's not for a lot of people the adventure that they imagined is exciting or what they're supposed to do or what they're mm. meant to do, what they're created to do. Mm. And when we think about the adventure of life, if all it is is paying taxes mm. and having a job, working 40 hours a week, no matter how exciting your job is, mm. it's really just kind of, this is it? Right. That's it. But when we look at what real life is about, what when we kind of pull back the curtain and realize that this is not the only thing out there, that there is a spiritual side to us mm. and that there are spiritual consequences and that there is this such thing as eternity waiting for all men and women things become a little different Mm. and the adventure when you realize as a Christian that this is what life is about. It's not about collecting all this stuff and, and being comfortable. It's this adventure of how many people can I save before I go? Mm -hmm. What, how can I use what God has given me the best, Mm -hmm. the, the, the wisest way in the time that I have, mm-hmm. because if one thing this show has taught us is that life is fragile. Yes. You, we aren't guaranteed anything. Mm-hmm. We aren't guaranteed tomorrow. So how do we make the best use of our time? Well, and that said, I think we really then identify too with the idea of salvation in this show. Life is fragile. So how incredible is it whenever a community, uh, comes under the protection of Rick and the gang and they mess everything up, but then they finally are able to reestablish things and Hey, we will welcome you here. Come in from, from the harm of the outside. We take care of our own. We will protect you from the bad stuff. Mm-hmm. And that, that resonates with people. And I think that idea of wanting a protector, of wanting group connection, of, of a longingness uh, is something that people want. And I don't think a lot of people feel like they have. Yeah. Uh, and the show, we could go on and on. The show also shows the idea of, well, just because you have belongingness doesn't necessarily mean that's good either. When you look at like Negan and the Saviors, yeah, they've got a sense of community, but it's a very warped sense of, hey, this is who we are. And it's, it's vicious and evil and wrong. But even still, people are willing to put up with a lot of disgusting and vile things to have that sense of belongingness and safety. Uh, so I think the show does a good job of tapping into that spiritual part of us that desires to be with others. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, we're going to call it there. Mm. There's a lot that we could talk about. Maybe we'll revisit this um, sometime down the road of uh, maybe when we do get caught up yes. on the on the episodes. Maybe, they, maybe the producers and the writers uh, completely redeem themselves. Um, that has nothing to do with the actors. The actors are doing mm. a great job yes, they are. Uh, with what they have. Um, but it's always it's always those stinking producers. They just mm. mess up everything. Yeah. Um, but let us know what you think. Um, do you like The Walking Dead? Are you a Christian? And 
uh, completely despise The Walking Dead, please let us know what your thoughts on it. Uh, we want this to be a conversation because, uh, like in most things, conversation uh, helps us grow. It helps mm. us understand other ideas um, and uh, and just grow as human beings and as Christians as well. Mm. Uh, I want to give a quick shout out to uh, our other podcast, uh, The Trend Podcast. Uh, they should have a new one coming out where they look at things that are trending in news. Also, the Over- Overcome Porncast, where we talk about pornography and addiction and how to seek help um, if you're struggling with pornography addiction. And also, uh, technically speaking, Jack Dodgen's uh, podcast for preachers uh, and how the church can use technology. Uh, Adam, do you have any shout outs this week? Uh, I'll shout out to my brother, Seth. Uh, he's in the process of searching for work and has got a whole bunch of interviews all across the country. I wish him well, and he could potentially be going to Houston or Kentucky or Whoa. he's in Ohio right now. So there are a lot of places he could go, but it's been really great chatting with him recently, and I wish him well in his job search. And yeah, also exciting. Yes. Right? That's an exciting time. And talk about an adventure. Yeah. And I wish him the very best. and. Pray that he'll be able to find the right position for him so that his life can begin now that he's finally out of school. Absolutely. That's great. Um, Shout out for me. I want to shout out to uh, Stephen Yoon, the guy that plays Glenn. I miss you, man. Mm. I miss you. If there was a way for him to get back into the show, I wish they would do it, but there's there's no way back for him. (laughs) No. Speak of a moment where they like ripped at us and they're like, hey, he's dead. Nah, gotcha. Earlier when he hit under the stupid dumpster. Oh, I know. I know. I anyways, 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 thank you for listening. This has been Chasing Eternity. We'll see you next time. Take care, everybody.